for what he would be losing. That dishonest manager knew that if he had found some way to adjust the books a little bit, that he would have a place to stay. He would have friends who would take care of him. He would have people who were indebted to him. And that man had only been entrusted with the assets and the daily operation of that business. And yet we, we have been entrusted with far more. Not only have you and I been entrusted with our talents and abilities at the time of our lives, not only have you been entrusted with the ability to earn a living and to provide for your daily needs, and which of us has anything that God has not given to us? That everything you and I have is from the ability to create or to carry out an occupation to God providing for us on a daily basis, each of us only has what God has given to us. And all of it, all of it is a blessing. And then on top of that, on top of that, he has given to you the free promise of the forgiveness of sins, of a new status before God, of somebody who is righteous in God's eyes and who can come and worship him. And on top of that, that his word is accessible. So thinking of that, that the children of this generation, that the world around us is far more prudent in the way that they plan for the future, in the way that they use their money, than even the Christian is. Even the Christian, is, they are far more prudent than the Christian, not only in, in the wealth that a Christian has or uses, but in thinking ahead to what tomorrow brings. Because for the Christian, there's far more tomorrow than just the 10 or 20, 30 years of retirement that God gives us the strength. For the Christian, you've got eternity to look forward to. And so the question, thinking of all that our Lord has entrusted to us, the time of your life, and your health, and your family, and where you live, that your daily needs have been covered, that God has provided the ability to, um, to provide for yourself, to accumulate wealth, and to enjoy that, as Solomon had talked about, that those are all gifts of our God. And on top of that, that our Lord has also provided free access to his word and daily reassurance of his promises and the ability to join together with fellow Christians and to come to the Lord's table together. Thinking of all that our Lord has given to you and to me, how is the management then? Maybe you recognize what Solomon says. Um, this is this evil that he sees, a sickening evil under the sun, wealth hoarded by its owner to his own harm, like Scrooge McDuck. Or like, you know, Scrooge in Christmas Carol, where he was so obsessed with what he had and so conscientious about losing any of it that his entire life was consumed by maintaining what he had. Or wealth that is lost in a bad investment and the despair, the consequent despair that might come from that. And so there's that. Maybe, maybe you are thinking, and maybe the first thing that comes to mind is the decisions you made in your youth and how it took years to dig out from that. Maybe you are thinking about maybe how things went well. 
Or maybe about the health that you had thought you would have for your later years, but you didn't. Thinking of all that God has entrusted to your care, how has the management been? And I think with that, you know, thinking even more broadly and specifically, that Jesus commends this shrewd manager for managing earthly possessions that only have temporal value. The value of that wealth ends at death, at least for that person. And that you and I have something far greater, that, you know, in our household we probably have a Bible for every shelf of every bookshelf of every room. And how often that has gone unused. That here at our congregation, um, we've got Bible classes on Tuesday morning. I have a catechism class on Wednesday night. Uh, another catechism class on Thursday night. A doctrine class on Thursday night. A Friday afternoon Bible class. And a Sunday morning Bible class between services. And how's the management been? It's not a one-to-one equivalence to say, well, how's the attendance been? But perhaps that gives us a, a glimpse. How has the management been? When we have treasures from our God and fellowship together. When we have every single blessing that God has placed into your hands and mine. And that we would like to use even the earthly things that God has given to us um, to extend the proclamation of his gospel. That you and I have nothing that our Lord has not given to us, and that we have exactly what he has given to us, and that he's not expecting from you um, something that he hasn't given. Like he's not expecting anybody to, to drop you know, a million dollars in the offering plate. He's not expecting anybody to devote 168 hours a week to be here at his church. Because he's given you everything, and that includes responsibilities in all of your vocations of life. But if the people of this world are so shrewd as to think about tomorrow, when that tomorrow has a time limit on it, that tomorrow ends at 70 years or 80 if they have the strength, is it possible that we as Christians together could be shrewd enough to use the temporal value that God has given to us and extend his ministry to bring eternal value to another? Is it possible that we as Christians together could consider what God has given to us and bring some greater eternal value to somebody who needs it? Because it's kind of an argument from, I guess, the lesser to the greater. That the lesser is, here's this shrewd manager commended for acting shrewdly with things that have an expiration date. And the greater... That as a Christian, you know that the, the work and the effort and the prayer and the time and the investments that you make in, in the Lord's ministry is something that goes beyond your life. That, that's one of the things we'll be talking about uh, in March at our church anniversary celebration. That the history of our church body in Toledo goes back over 140 years. And that we are here today because previous generations many of whose names you or I don't know. Previous generations not only supported their church, but brought their children and taught their children and raised their children in that church. 
that you and I are here today because God has blessed and God has provided a proclamation of his word in this place and across this city so that you and I can rejoice in its blessings today. But thinking shrewdly, thinking shrewdly, not just about the blessings today, but how can we plan for tomorrow? How can we as a congregation plan for tomorrow so that the word of our Lord might be proclaimed in this area and more? In the, even after you and I have passed away. There's definitely that. So how's the management been? When Jesus holds up the example of this, this shrewd manager who thinks about not, not just the weeks and months ahead, but the years ahead, and that we as Christians have something far more and far greater and far more long-lasting, Jesus has an application. Sorry, I'm wrong Jesus has an application for us um, when he talks about in verse 9. I tell you, make friends for yourselves with unrighteous mammon so that when it runs out, they will welcome you into eternal dwellings. They will welcome you into eternal dwellings. And Jesus, what he's really getting at here isn't just the example of a Kenneth Lay or a Bernie Madoff who (laughs) made off with billions. But rather, what Jesus is getting at is that you and I ought to have that same level of shrewdness, that same level of shrewdness that thinks not just about tomorrow or the next couple of decades, but further than that. The same level of shrewdness which says that I know what has lasting value and eternal value. I know what will not be destroyed by moth and rust. And I know what will not be taken away in the crash of the stock market. And that is the treasures that our Lord gives here. And that is the proclamation of his word that he gives here. Because we have a Savior who, yes, he counted the cost. And he who has no need of any wealth and yet distributes his wealth freely to you and to me. We have a Savior who willingly took on the dishonesty and the lack of shrewdness and the mismanagement and the sin. And we have a Savior who invested his life in order to give you everything free of charge for all eternity at 0% interest. We have a Savior who wants to continue to bless you with, with a perspective of contentment. That's kind of what, uh, what Paul talks about there in our reading from his letter to Timothy. A perspective of contentment. Because that's the real issue. That we live in a world where, yes, you need to be able to pay for groceries. And we live in a world that, um, that talks about inflation going up. And we live in a world that you get the letter in the mailbox that the electric company has negotiated a new rate and it's only up 5% instead of 15% like everybody else. We live in a world where you might be on a fixed income and you need to provide for yourself and that income doesn't increase even though the expenses do. And how can we as Christians, yes, manage shrewdly to watch out for one another and to provide for a greater reality, a greater eternity, that when you and I exit this world and whatever, whatever timeline God chooses, um, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. What he's talking about there, um, talking about those friends welcoming you, welcoming you into the eternal dwellings, that as a result of, of our work together here in his ministry, that there will be people in heaven 
And that when you exit this world and you end up in heaven, there will probably be people there who can attribute the proclamation of the word to your work here. Maybe that is just in the, the, the nameless and faceless offering uh, where we provide some of the, the offering money to our synod to carry out their mission work. And maybe that is um, in the simple invitation um, to those who haven't been here in worship and to those who need a new church home. But even if it's just one person who's in heaven and that you or I were given the opportunity to participate in the ministry of Jesus and bringing them there, how cool is that? That this Jesus who has won everything and done everything, that he has freely given everything that you need, that he has promised that you will be provided for, that he has promised that everything that you have is a gift from him to be used shrewdly to the glory of his name, that he has even said, dear Christian, that, that in the shrewd use of whatever God has given to you, and in the shrewd planning of, um, of a congregation working together, that we might win for ourselves eternal friends, people that you or I don't know yet, but people for whom Jesus died, and people who were told that message of the forgiveness of sins, people who generations from now might even speak of the continual proclamation of God's word in the Toledo area, not for 140 years, but maybe 200 years, 240 years, with the result that the shrewdness of the Christians in managing all that God has given to us would result in more people being brought to hear the word of God and being brought to an eternity with this Lord. And so when Jesus talks about uh, the Kenneth Lay or the uh, Bernie Madoff of this world, he's not condoning the, uh, the dishonesty. But what he's saying is pretty clear for you and for me. That our Lord has given to you everything, has promised you everything, and he has done so out of the goodness of his heart, so that you and I might think ahead and might look for ways to, to use all of God's blessings to the glory of his name. Amen.